The fidgetal life of cardigans this time on Culture File. Last year, when the former One Direction person Harry Styles was pictured in a crochet garment, it inspired a TikTok trend of fans making their own. Designer J.W. Anderson pitched in by providing the pattern before eventually releasing a fidgetal version of the garment, a computer model of it, which he auctioned as an NFT for charity. Who's with me so far? All of this action is just some of the most visible activity in the exploding world of digital fashion, from virtual couture to synthetic models, some of which our correspondent Emilio Mahoney Brady helped Culture File navigate. Tell us a little bit about what happened to get people so excited about Harry Styles' cardigan. Some, somewhere it said the most talked about cardigan of the year or even the decade. I'm not really sure how much um, my average year <laughs> contains cardigan discussion. How much should it contain? <laughs> Quite a lot, I would say. Not that I would ever consider myself to be a Harry Styles expert, but I've definitely noticed being sort of the target demographic of, of his fans that ever since he left One Direction and sort of struck out as an independent artist in his own right, he has been generating a, a lot of mainstream interest when it comes to what he wears. And so, the, you know, the simple act of him wearing this multicolored crochet cardigan to a rehearsal last year among his fan base would always spark interest but yes i think it was it was one of those things hard to anticipate what will go viral and when the particular reaction of people to start making their own crochet was kind of interesting though this is again sort of the interesting sort of dichotomy of what's been happening with with people during the pandemic because you know on the one hand you have the cottage core aesthetic you have a lot of consumers that are wanting to embrace the tangible the tactile they're wanting to teach themselves how to handcraft garments and you know crochet cardigans in this in instance and replicate whatever their sort of famous um or or rather their their favorite sort of celebrities or public figures are wearing but then on the flip side you have something like the digital fashion phenomenon where you know people uh, people are enabled to sport couture made from impossible materials you know they're, they're talking about how digital fashion really pushes the constraints of the physical world even down to creating gravity defying looks that are fashioned out of ice cream or clouds you know materiality that couldn't exist in the tangible realm Digital fashion, it, it is quite literally that melding of physical and digital. It, digital fashion typically refers to pieces that were originally physical and they have been reproduced as digital pieces. A striking example of this is this J.W. Anderson crochet cardigan that went viral last year when it was worn by Harry Styles and there were all manner of, you know, knitting patterns circulating on the internet for people trying to replicate this handcrafted piece. And a team of visual effects artists from XY Drobe ended up replicating the piece as J.W. Anderson's first fashion NFT. So the process, I think it took something like 300 hours. Yeah, every piece of the yarn was built in 3D before it was woven together and um, for each of the six different knit patterns that make up the piece. So they, they wanted to perfectly replicate every imperfection, every color, every decision that was made when the piece was crafted by hand. I definitely do find it an interesting phenomenon because, you know, there's a lot of people who are craving the handcrafted, craving things that are tangible and tactile, having spent the last couple of years kind of encircled by screens. And previous to that as well, I think, you know, the flatness of looking at fashion on a screen versus being able to hold something in your hands. And, you know, digital fashion at this point in time doesn't 
possess those tangible qualities in any way. But I guess with with Fidgetal, they are attempting to form the best of both worlds. You know, in an ideal world, you'll have access to the physical piece. You'll be able to hold it in your hands <laughs> if it's financially feasible for you to, to access it. And you can tap into the digital version of it and, you know, dress up your avatar as you navigate these various virtual worlds currently being constructed. This sort of does point to where we first saw kind of digital clothes emerging, because you know, they didn't arrive with NFTs, and so that there was a whole world where they existed. I think for anyone like myself who either grew up playing video games or, you know, has, has gotten into gaming at any age or during the pandemic, you can very much see that the, the obvious predecessor to this form of virtual fashion is gaming, is, you know, being able to, to purchase skins as they're called, you know, downloadable outfits, fashion content for usually fictitious characters in a game. I mean, anyone who tapped into The Sims, I remember there were these expansion packs in the late 2000s uh, that funnily enough, H&M did a collaboration all the way back in 2007 um, with The Sims that I remember purchasing where, you know, you could download their latest collection and put it onto their sim and, and it's interesting to see how it's sort of come full, full circle now with this virtual fashion collection that they're collaborating on with DressX which is a, a natively digital fashion house whereby they are creating pieces not for you to dress you know a fictitious avatar in a game but to dress your own digital avatar so so a, a fast fashion giant like H&M has actually been cognizant of the benefits and the popularity of digital dressing for quite some time. You're talking about then fashion houses that are digital clothes manufacturers only. Yes, absolutely. The digitally native fashion houses such as DressX, such as the Fabricant. Tell us about uh, DressX because this is this has a sort of long, uh, a, a longer history than most of them and it was originally about sort of decorating a photo for for use on Instagram. Again, because we're, we're still looking at the, you know, the early iterations of the metaversal experience, you know, the the reports that have been circulating since certainly January of, you know, that we'll be living in, in the metaverse, we'll be immersed in metaversal living come, come 2030 is, if that does transpire, is still a long way away. So the majority of, of the target demographic of companies like DressX are people who want to look at a sort of ancillary mode of fashion consumption for content creation. So I think they are cognizant that a lot of the people who want to tap into virtual fashion are doing so for social media clout. In DressX, I can imagine that the photograph has lots of uses as, as an avatar on various sites. If you're producing something like the Harry Styles cardigan as a 3D model, is that something that can be used with lots of different systems or is there a, a kind of ecosystem for different design houses? Something like the digital piece. I think so much of the selling point of, of buying into fashion nfts is the the modular appeal is the adaptability in that regard the fact that you would be able to roam um you know not across just virtual worlds that are in existence but even ones that haven't haven't yet been constructed from from the ground up so i do think there is inherently an adaptability within these pieces that consumers will be able to irrespective of where their avatars are going they'll be able to take their cardigans with them <laughs> so in the future there will be cardigans next time on culture file we get on the ennis time and art trail